morning and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall, I'm the CEO and co-founder of MOI, and today I'm joined from the front line of the Brisbane rain, it's called a rain bomb, cloud, whatever it's called, uh, torrential flooding would be a better word, in Brisbane by Tash Down. Welcome, Tash. Hi, Rhonda. It's uh, very, very wet. We've just got another rainstorm that's just come over right now. So it's a um, a very wet day. It is a very wet day. It's a very wet day in here in Sydney, but that's nothing on you. So we keep watching the news going, oh, my goodness, we cannot even comment on our rain compared to you. Um, I just, I think the conversation that we ended up having about this was this amazing conversation about the, the, the people who are on the front line of doing something about this when these things happen and the amazing work that they do. And the second part of it was this extraordinary outpouring of volunteering. So let me throw straight to you because you have been on the front line of a natural disaster. You're sitting in one right now and yet you've had these amazing stories of people who've come to support you. Yeah, it's been a... Um... We've, we've not had anywhere near the damage that uh, there has been out in uh, in Brisbane near the river, um, but we have had a lot of flash flooding that's come through and in under our house. So we had um, the most amazing team of uh, SES that uh, helped us out. And it was one of this, one experience we had as we drove over to the SES um, workshop and we got there and there's a line of cars waiting to get sandbags and you drive in and everyone's drenched absolutely torrential rain it's like a waterfall on people's heads and yet every single one of those SES people were smiling it was <laughs> it wasn't a jubilant atmosphere but it certainly wasn't um it was everyone was so happy to be there and so happy to be helping and they had it they had it against them they were putting sandbags in they were taking them quicker than anyone could take them away so they had three machines going they were covered in sand covered in mud torrential rain and they were all happy about it they were willing for a chat they were asking how you're going we saw three three giant boats come in and three giant boats go out for fuel and you just think they they are volunteers they've got their own homes to worry about and here they are helping just filling sandbags for 12 hours a day Uh, and in fact the the depot that I was at actually flooded a couple of hours after I went and got my last load of sandbags so they had their own um their own things to deal with as well, but they were they were so incredibly jubilant and positive about it, which was fantastic to see. Yeah, it was a beautiful story, and it, it got us sort of all of us have been looking at them all around. So that's the SES in their uniform, and they're trained, and and they're amazing volunteers, as you said, looking after you before they look after their own homes. And then we started to find all these stories of volunteers, and there's two others that. Jess Pollard from our team family, which I thought were just so beautiful. And one of them was 45 Fijian workers who are from the Abattoir and Casino. And they've packed up and headed over to Lismore and just done a massive amount of lifting, volunteering, moving things around, absolutely not even their own town. And they have said, we've got to get there and make things happen. And the other one was a group of um, Sikh men from Melbourne And they're part of the Sikh Volunteers Australia, which you see them all the time on the news doing soup kitchens in Melbourne and amazing work everywhere. Anyway, they've packed their bags from Melbourne, travelled all the way. They're on their way to Brisbane. Then they hear that Lismore and Ballina are just a disaster in northern New South Wales. They turn off and they've cooked 1,500 meals. (laughs) They've cooked 1,500 meals for people that they don't know in another state that they have nothing to do with. And they've just said that's where they've got to be. And you sit there and go, wow, what is it in the mindset of some people who just 
get in there and be part of everything. It's it's incredible to see. And one of the things that uh, shocked me is the uh, the Mud Army up in Brisbane, which is a uh, an institution from the uh, the 2011 floods. When the um, the city council actually launched that site, the amount of volunteers crashed the website because it was so popular. So many people were going and registering to help out and it's all sorts of volunteering that you can do on there it can be an hour it could be a day uh it could be shoveling mud um or helping people fill out forms and things so it was incredible to see that community spirit just lift mm. and the reactivation of the brisbane mud army yeah, the like mud army <laughs> of people just cleaning up after their neighbors it's just fantastic um, the other one that we saw, obviously, which is, you know, equally or perhaps even much more dour um, is this Ukrainian situation and sort of mm-hmm. we've seen some amazing speeches like the speech from the president across to the Russian people in Russian was just incredibly inspiring from such a young country leader um, or from anybody. And then his speeches of things like, I don't need a ride. I need more ammunition. He's like ready to fight alongside his people. That was all very inspiring. But the other two things that we saw which were amazing was a group of people in the UK who suddenly decided they needed to get there. And so they were given all this equipment to say, yeah, if you go on, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And then we saw a man in Australia who has a Ukrainian background and he just suddenly packed up his bags and got there because he said, I can't watch it happen to children when I'm an able-bodied man and can, and can save them or protect them. It's just an extraordinary sense of belonging to something other than yourself. And it's even these people are opening their hearts as well. There's you look at some of the um, stations where people are arriving in Poland and they've just got lines and lines of bags of clothes and food and all sorts of, you know, baby cots and all sorts of things that have all been donated or bought by people from their own money in a country that um, it has been letting people in. So Poland and um, and the surrounding countries have just opened people with open hearts and open minds. And it's incredible to see stories of people getting kids over the border for because the, the father can't come and, and all sorts of wonderful things that way. And it's incredible to see people are willing to help out strangers. They're willing to put their hand out and help, even if they don't have the capacity themselves. Yeah. And and in, if we take that back to our, <clears throat> our work and go make everything about work, but it's um, we talk a lot about bystander bystander effect, mm-hmm. and that psychological theory is that when there's more than about six or seven of us, we decide it's not us. So we sort of go, well, there's six or seven people, it's not my problem because it must be the other six, not me. And so we step back. Now, a lot of that theory was from quite a while ago. And as we've brought it forward to today, we talk a lot about the fact that you walk into a situation, you're on a train station, you're in a flood, you're wherever you happen to be, you're part of it. Like what you do has as much impact as anybody else in that area. And so there really are no bystanders. And so in this situ- these situations, all sorts of people are finding extraordinary ways not not to be bystanders to a piece of history, but actually yep. to step in and give everything they have for someone they don't even know. Yeah, and put themselves on the line for it as well. So they're, they're putting themselves not just stepping up and helping with what they can, they're actually stepping up and helping out with things that they, they don't have and they, they don't have, uh, including people going over to fight in the Ukraine as well. So it's incredible that you've got, a bystander community that isn't isn't stepping back they're stepping in and it, and is it a, is it an expectation of all of us or are these volunteers and these people who step into this space are they just the best of us 
I think it's in everyone. I really do. I, and I think when you start to see natural disasters and the way that communities come back after natural disasters, I think it's, I think it's in everyone. It's just about people harnessing that and, uh, and stepping into it. And what do we do in our own heads? Like we're in a situation where we feel like, well, I can't do much. I'm just one person or, you know, it's not my problem or whatever it happens to be. What do we have to do to say, you know, what's the best in us? How can we step into a space where we go, actually, even though this is not me, I need to do something. I need to be part of it. This person needs help. Well, I think you need to feel safe in it first. So I think you need to feel there's an element of safety that you need, um, whether that be psychological or physical safety. Uh, you have to feel safe before you can step in. And then I guess that's our role as well, is to, to set up psychological safety and, and physical safety to ensure that people can step up in a way that um, will be beneficial for the others. And will be incredibly inspiring and change things. I mean, that's the thing that they just, without the volunteers, I don't know what would happen. Yeah, we, without volunteers, natural disasters in Australia are every single time I'm amazed by the volunteers that come through. And without that volunteers, um, it, we wouldn't have the recoveries that we do. Yeah. And even out to things, remember when we ran the Olympic Games in 2000? We ran them effectively with an army of volunteers. They made all the planning and all the important people. And it's actually the Games won't come off and there's millions of people volunteer and all these people just queued up to do it. So there's something in us, the best of us, and perhaps in all of us, as you say, where we can actually step up and do something about things that we think are quite overwhelming. A uh, natural disaster is an extreme example. A war is even more. But uh, there is in, in the small day-to-day -day things where we can make a difference to each other and to different people. And I think it doesn't have to be a big thing. I think that's really important is that even the smallest contribution, just helping a neighbour out with some extra food or something like that is actually helping the whole situation. So it's not big, giant, heroic steps. Teeny, tiny little steps is all that needs to be done to create that community. So you don't have to be the person that gives the giant check. No, no, you do not. You do not. But you know what? You can clap the person that does and then you can go and help your neighbour across the road. Grab a broom, make some food. Exactly. So when we talk about leaning in, we're talking about these really, really big situations. Do you think at the moment when we've got, you know, businesses on their knees, things like all the little businesses that have been knocked out with COVID, what's, what's our role? What's our little role that we can do? What's the things that we can do? Obviously, in a flood, we can clean, cook, look after people, dig trenches at 2 o'clock in the morning, as you've done today. Yep. <laughs> I think the best thing we can do is have understanding. So see where people are at, where they're actually at, understand their, their perspective and where they are and understand the who, the way that you can help is the way that helps them. So we all try and help sometimes and we help in the way that we think that would help for us. Um, but that's not always the case. So I think that in order to lean in, it's actually about getting to know people, understanding and, um, and listening as well. So these small businesses that are being crippled by, by COVID actually go in there, talk to them, understand where they come from and don't get upset that they ask you for you to check in and things like that. Actually just go in there and embrace the, the warm hospitality that they're going to show you because they're so grateful for you being there. We, we had our favourite restaurant near our office in Sydney and we went there the other night. We all off together. It's this little Japanese restaurant. It's fantastic. And the guy said to us, 
do you mind we've put a ten dollar surcharge on people as we come back and we're like that's the least we could do <laughs> we want you to be there the yeah. <laughs> we're happy to help you get there so i think everything you can do every as you say little things it doesn't have to be grand it doesn't have to be a monstrous gesture it just has to be something pretty small that you can just make a difference all the little things add up and that's what we see when we talk about or culture workplace culture neighborhood culture community culture they all link so much together and it is the people who actually say I can actually do something more than just look after me. Absolutely. A little bit of understanding goes a long way. And as you said about the SES volunteers, they were happy doing it. Yeah, they absolutely loved it. I did not see a grumpy face on any of the hundreds that I saw. <laughs> and there's an, another old saying from the end of Mother Teresa's book, and it says, everything I did for others, I did for myself because it made me feel good. <laughs> Now I will have badly <laughs> I will have badly paraphrased that, but yeah, or I go back to it like go, that's just such a beautiful way to live your life. Just exactly. it makes you feel good to help other people. So why not? Yeah. Ash, thank you so much. I know you've got an awful lot on with your family and keeping everybody safe and dry. Um, but thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in two weeks' time. If um anybody wants to get in contact with us before then, it is at team at moi.live um, or tune into article 23 anytime. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.